This is episode one Foxtrot of Free as in Freedom for the beginning of January 2012. Hi, I'm Karen Sandler. And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom. And uh, so, so we're here to talk to our three we're here, listeners. For us, it's the night before New Year's Eve. Uh, whatever, I don't really. I mean, it's ar- it's arbitrary. You realize that, right? It puts me in a contemplative mood. I'm looking forward to 2012. I'm thinking back to things in 2011. It's an arbitrary time where we decide to denote the time, and you're looking at the microphone. Just to make sure it was plugged in. Okay. I, I'm fastidiously pointlessly worried about such things we already tested but it. i'm certainly i know we tested it but I, I i just wanted to make sure it was on even though we just recorded something okay. else and it was on but what i don't care about is arbitrariness the, the dates are arbitrary well what's not arbitrary is that i hope a lot of our listenership had a good time if they cared about the day and i guess that by the time this is released it's a memory but um but happy new year i'll be uh, working the whole time of course like i did you won't be working the whole time. Almost. It's not all usual days. Usual. Maybe I'll do short little eight-hour days. I things are things are tough. We're gonna do that one again. It's tough to be. In. It's <laughs> hard. It's hard. Um, I program. I don't think I'm gonna work more than an hour or two. That's good. I mean, it is a Saturday. That's true. For starters, I worked last weekend, which was 24th and 25th of December. Not that I celebrate any holidays around those time myself, but. I still was was a was a working worked a half day on the twenty fifth. Well, you, cel- you, you celebrated a religious holiday by acting the part of a martyr. Oh, jeez! <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's the basically there. Uh, I mean, some of this is, and people will see this uh, probably about a week or two after they hear this. They'll be able to look on our website and our uh, conservancy's website. I should say, not Freedom and Freedom's website, but where I work, the Software Freedom Conservancy. We'll have our fiscal 2010 audit up, and it'll be out. And I know I can promise that because the filing deadline is January 15th, and we must make it. So it will be done by January 15th, and I'll have it up a couple days after, um, hopefully, on the website. So that's great. It's, it's your been it's a lot first of effort. first audit. Well, yeah, because in New York uh, State, uh, the rule is that uh, there's a there's a threshold of amount of revenue before you need a full audit, and we just met that for the first time in fiscal 2010, and we got two extensions from the IRS. Right. There are different layers of, uh, so if you're up to a certain amount, um, you don't have to do anything. If you, under New York, say you just have to file a report. If you are over a certain threshold, and I don't remember the numbers, you can do what, what they call a limited review. And where the auditors take a look at your books, they it's a much more general, very lightweight review. And we covered this a long time ago. Oh, we I think did. on the old show because that part of it, because remember we looked over Conservancy's nine ninety in two thousand nine. Oh my gosh, I, I do remember and that. And we did that. I think that was the old show, and we did that, and we also talked about the limited review process because in two thousand fiscal two thousand nine, uh, it's such a like a nonprofit walk there. Talking about the fiscal year of two thousand nine, mm. uh, it just I I got used to that when I worked for FSF, but it, I, I realized that the normal human beings they're like what is there why is there a distinction between the calendar year and the fiscal year like i can understand why people don't like and it has to do when your organization started if your organization started in the middle of the year well your first year of operation was a different year so yep 
Um, wow, there's phones ringing. So sorry about that, folks. But uh, there's nobody here in the place we're at. I'm at my uh, co-working facility, which I've talked about. Co-working. <laughs> well, that's that's a Dilbert thing. So you, oh. if you take co-working and you move the I get just it. move the dash to a different place, you get co-working, mm-hmm. and that's what I call it, the co-working facility. Which you know, there's basically nobody around, but there. I know, which makes me feel festive. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a phone ringing, and obviously there's nobody there to answer it, so I had to ring through to their voicemail, presumably. Anyway, so sorry about the phone ringing, but uh, so that's I've been putting a lot of hours in. This is our first audit, so it's we're learning how to do it. Uh, and and I'd done them at FSF uh, before, but uh, FSF had a much bigger staff, so uh, mm-hmm. mostly the financial controller, who at the time was there, was uh, uh, Peter Brown, did most of the work, who later became the executive director of FSF. So I only had to see sort of the final output and review it. Whereas this play at time, uh, we switched places because at SFLC, I was the one who ran the audit. And now that I'm no longer with, I, I ran the audit this time, but it'll be the last time that I, I yeah. do that since I'm no longer employed there. Right. So I, uh, I'm you, I was used to watching other staffers deal with nonprofit audits. I knew they were very invasive and a lot of work because I watched it at FSF and I watched it at SFLC. Uh, but uh, this is the first time I've actually had to be the uh, effectively the primary on it. I, I am Tony Sebro, who's Conservancy's general counsel, uh, who joined us back in September. I think I mentioned that on a previous podcast. And he uh, he's he and I have been working on getting it done, and it's it's a lot of work. Uh, but it, they really it's 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 good to have done because they actually look at basically every transaction, every financial transaction you had. In the yeah, year. they really they literally a, look at every one. I think it's really cool of New York State to require this. Actually, I mean. GNOME doesn't have to do it because it's yeah. a California organization, but it, audits are really, they're cool. Well, and charity, um, so example, Charity Navigator, which is one of these sites like mm-hmm. GuideStar, which rates charities, they give you a lot of points if you've been an audited organization. So optionally auditing is actually a good idea for charities. Uh, but the fact of the matter is nobody wants to do this when they don't have to. No, <laughs> no, it's better to not have to do it. And, you know, I mean, or, or rather, it's a lot of effort. I, I like when we do it because the the end of the day there's always things that are improved mm-hmm. from it you know no matter how many years we did the audit at sflc and even though we were doing things the same new sets of eyes and just reviewing every transaction there was always something that came up that we could improve and that was really great yeah well and i'm glad to get it done too because obviously we have a at conservancy we have conservancy has a uh, an important obligation to its member projects to show that it's doing the right thing with their funds and and so I want to be mm. able to show that to the member projects too that we've done a good job, and and so so it's it's been worth going through, but it's been my entire life for the basically the entire month of December. It's yep. been it takes a long audit, time. Audit, audit, audit. Yeah. Uh, every day there's a half day worth of action items on audit, <laughs> and then I try to fit all the regular work in the other half of the day. So, uh, so that's what I've been working on, and we'll be working on. Uh, we're finishing up uh, in these two weeks here uh, as this podcast is coming out. And my December was spent mostly on um, GNOME's accessibility. Well, actually, it was split up a lot of ways but uh, but one of the things I was really focused on was uh, was that we launched a fundraising campaign for accessibility at gnome so that's pretty exciting um, and you know the tagline for our um, for our campaign is make 2012 the year of accessibility for gnome and I think that's something that's really important that gnome is going to be focusing on which is you know I, I think that the I, the very fundamental idea of free software in a charitable nonprofit is um, points in this direction. And I think that the um, that what's really awesome about the GNOME community is that they are always thinking in that direction, always embracing the public good of their software. And so what we're doing is, um, is just taking a whole new focus on accessibility. And um, there's a Hackfest 
in January and um, in Spain, and I'm just really excited about it. It's really cool. So is it in Spain the same place where Guadalajara is going to be or somewhere else? It is. Spain? It is in the same place Guadalajara is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that trip. A Coruña? It's hard to get to. It's not hard to get to. It's, a, it's not hard to get to, you know, once you're over, you know, once you're... In Spain. Yeah. In Spain or once you can, you can, I think you can fly pretty direct, you know. I can't remember, but I think there's actually... There's layers from, from like London, you can, you can get a short hop. But there's layovers involved. I don't like when there's layovers involved. I would love when there are layovers involved. I especially try to schedule them so that there's more than just a couple of yeah. hours, you know, like so that there's like four hours or five hours, then you can go and have dinner somewhere that you might otherwise you get and to visit. You and I are very different travelers, Karen. There's no question about that. I'm really excited for this. Uh, for We mentioned this on the on the show already, but I'm talking at LinuxConf Australia in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a lot of travel. It's like 38 <laughs> hours. <laughs> a lot of travel, but I'm so excited. And I was just looking at um, at flights, and I think I can get a cheaper one by... Um, by doing more of a layover in Sydney, and I was really excited about that. So the, the difference between me and Karen with regard to travel is we both travel because we have to, but Karen also travels because she likes to. Yes. And I don't have the likes to part. That's sad. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's good to go to these. I like being at the conferences. I just don't like yeah, it. I, I don't like, like anything else about the travel. I like being at the conference while the conference is going on, but I hate being at the hotel afterwards. I have been getting a little tired of, you know, so much travel. Oh, do you know they're trying to recruit me to run a, a birds of a feather session on bed bugs at scale? <laughs> well, because, You should do that. So I'm speaking at scale. I should let folks know because there won't be another broadcast for that. I will be speaking at scale, which is the Southern California Linux Expo uh, in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. And I, <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> it's... I picked it up for Mystery Science Theater, but it's actually, I, I think it's a, a riff on people who do announcements from things like the Emmys or other, you know, here we are at the Emmys from beautiful Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Um, so anyway, so yeah. Um, maybe it's a Lawrence Welk thing, although Lawrence Welk was from like Minnesota. So that I forgot about sense. Lawrence Welk. Yeah, it's on all the time on PBS. They just show huh? old Lawrence Welk episodes over and over again. Uh, anyway, so um, and our international listeners are like, "Who is Lawrence Welk?" Anyway, we won't exp- we won't bother to explain it. Um, but uh, you can you can search. It's probably on Wikipedia. So anyway, I'm going to be at scale and speaking speaking about GPL enforcement, cool. um, my one of my favorite topics. And uh, I've noticed. See, I extensively search when I travel about bedbug reports online. And the hotel that's... I will warn you, if you're going to scale, I do not recommend a hotel. If you want to know which hotel I'm recommending... Is scale... I'm, I'm actually going to be traveling during scale back from yeah. Lewis Australia, so I could attend... It switched hotels. It switches, so it's no longer in the Westin. That's correct. It's in a different hotel, uh, which I don't remember the name of, and I don't want to call them out. But they do have... You can easily find online they have bedbug reports against them. And actually, a lot of the hotels around the airport, the Los Angeles airport area, which is where it is at, have bedbug reports against against them uh, on various bed bug websites. I did find the one hotel that has no bed bug reports against it. Um, and I dutifully told the world uh, that uh, they should contact me if they want to know the bed bug free hotel. Which one is that? Uh, I don't know if I want to say it. Uh, oh, you I'm don't want to drive up the price? <laughs> I don't, well, I've already got my, my reservation booked. I mainly, I, I thought that I shouldn't be saying one way or another. I just, I, mean, I guess I've okay. said 
that the one that's in has better okay. arguments against it. But there are lots of others that do, and there's uh, the usual thing of the management disputing them and all this stuff. The right. management gets on these websites and disputes them now. I, I put a bedrock report against us. Now, the truth is that a lot of people make false bedbug yeah but there were multiple if they have a bad experience in some other way or if they're just in a bad mood and vindictive person would do that that's a hard there are bad people i mean i'll give a bad review of a hotel but i won't um but i won't i won't i won't say what's not true some people just say it and so you know just the fact that management is disputing them doesn't mean that there were bedbugs True enough. Anyway, so this is not supposed to be a travel log cast. Sorry. Anyway, so um, so th- anyway, they're trying to recruit. So one of the scale organizers was trying to recruit me to set, have a birds of a feather organization, but I actually said it should be a bugs of an exoskeleton session. But either way, I don't think I want to do it. But I was going to. Te- they wanted me to teach people how to search a room for bed bugs, which is not that hard. You can see tutorials online. It's not that hard. You so. should you should uh, post a video of you doing it. No, I'm, not, I'm definitely not <laughs> going to do that. That will not be done. Because um, watching you do it, I feel like I know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's very easy. It's very yeah. easy. Uh, but it's constant vigilance. Uh, I, I've never heard of someone ending up finding bed bugs or getting bed bugs who did a search. Like every time I hear a report of somebody getting bed bugs um, from a hotel, I say, did you search the hotel? And their answer is always no. Okay. I've never found anybody who actually did a search. Now, there was a guy uh, who does a lot of these bedbug reports on bedbugregistry.com. And uh, it's sad that I know these people on these forums. Um, <laughs> but he's actually an exterminator. And he'll always search a hotel when he goes. And he actually writes an extensive report of, wow. of, what, he, of what he found. But he always searches first. So presumably he does not get them. He leaves the hotel immediately. Um, right. Like anybody would want to. Uh, anyway, so uh, so I'm not going to do that birds of an exo, or, uh, bugs of an exoskeleton slash birds of a feather session, but I will be giving my GPL enforcement talk, uh, which Oddcast listeners have heard versions of before because we've used it as audio before. And after that, I'll be at FOSDEM. As will as I. You. And at FOSDEM, we're co-chairing a, uh, a uh, dev room, they call them. Yes. And it's going to be, we talked about it, we announced it, and now the call for participation is closed uh, by the time you're hearing this. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll hopefully, very soon to when this is coming out, it'll be announced uh, which uh, what the session's going to be and who's going to be speaking, what panels are going to be, and so forth. Uh, and uh, it's hopefully going to be, it looks like it's going to be a really good high-level and in-depth policy and legal discussion about free software. Which is great because I think that, um, you know, there are a number of established forums for having those kinds of discourse, having discussions about legal issues in free software, but they, they're really varied. So there are some that are just so basic. And one of the things that I really liked about the, this dev room is that it, the premise is that it's going to be more in depth. So any basic proposals will be rejected. Um, which I think is really cool. I can't, I mean, I think basic talks are really important. I've given them yeah, so on a I. number of occasions. Both of us have. Um, and I think they're really valuable, but often that tends to be the only legal talk is like introduction to legal issues, FAQ, basics on trademarks, basics on patents, why you need to worry about patents, you know, all those things. Um, and we still received some submissions like that, but really we, um, we were and hoping, we're those. well, we were hoping that we could do a much more detailed, um, place for discussion or in-depth place for discussion and more sophisticated and the proposals really you know uh, in large reflect that 
Yeah, we got a lot of the proposals we got. We, we will have some hard decisions because they're uh, they're they're much yep. more. We've got a lot. We got a number of uh, some of the usual suspects in some sense, but they 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 really came uh, came up and gave us some proposals that are much more advanced than the usual. Uh, which I think that sort of shows that this was a need that needed to be filled. Need that needed to be filled, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, and that's and that goes to Tom Marble is really the yep. he was the he was the I mean he's actually helping coordinate this dev room and the Java one that he always does. Um, he does the free software Java dev room every year. Mm-hmm. But he he and I were talking and he actually came up with this idea and I was like, well, I'm behind it, I'll do it. But he's he's doing most of the legwork and coordinating and and it's really appreciated that he's done all this work while he's trying to coordinate two different dev rooms. Yeah. Um, so I, I pretty much decided that on site I will be the person because I've done less work and I don't really want to go to. I mean, I do want to go to other parts of Fosdem, but I want yeah, there's to a desktop a dev room, so I'm, yeah. I'm so I figured you'd have to yeah. spend your time with that. I mean, I could. I don't have are, to, but I want there to. There will probably be dev rooms for various <laughs> conservancy projects and so forth, but I'm going to be focusing as much as I can, at least on the Saturday on this one, because yeah. that's when ours is on a Saturday. On the Saturday, mm-hmm. and so, so I think it's. I think you're right that it's very important that we begin more open dialogue about these policy questions. Certainly, internally in the FSF, we talk uh, as the board of directors of FSF, putting my FSF hat on, about these kinds of issues internally to how FSF should set its policies, and that's discussion we can't just easily bring the public into. Yep, And, you know, I mean, I think that happens at other free software nonprofits, too, to some extent. The Conservancy Board discusses these issues. Creative Commons. Um, yeah. Gnome Board of Directors okay. discusses these issues quite a lot. Obviously, SFLC um, is a place where a lot of this discussion happens, But that's happens often too. done as But almost all of advice. these discussions are behind closed doors. Well, and even some of the would-be, and I wrote about this in my blog when I when I put out there to encourage people to apply to the dev room, that there are a lot of places where there are supposedly open communities, but they're not really open. They're, they're not easy to join. There are secret criteria for joining. Um, so are you going to say what... Um which ones these are, or <laughs> well, are we going to dance dance around it? Well, so so I mean, the, well, I'll give an example of one that's not. I mean, it's it's at least it's it's criteria are public. Uh, the criterion is public. The, the the Linux Foundation runs one, which is only for members, uh, legal lawyers for members of the Linux Foundation. Uh, and you and I have spoken at that one. Uh, this they is what's, invited, a, what's amazing is that we've spoken on more than one occasion. Did we do twice? I thought I, we did I, once. We did, you did twice. You did twice. I, I did think once. Twice. Yeah. We did together once and then you did with somebody else so. or another later. Boy, um, it was a long time ago. And actually, yeah. um, Conservancy is coordinating doing another talk there about oh, cool. compliance. Uh, Denver Gingrich, uh, who works part time at Conservancy, is going to be giving a talk, uh, a more technical talk about compliance at an upcoming one. But they're basically invited guests. The yeah. usual discussion. It's not to say that's not worthwhile or, you know, it's it's really, but it's it's really it's about, valuable to the members. And of, it's really about Linux Foundation delivering value to the members. But yeah. then there's a lot of the, this discussion is happening behind closed doors and only for Linux Foundation members. And then there's one run uh, by the Free Software Foundation Europe that that I'm not a big fan of. That's basically yeah, an invite only actually, mailing list. Yeah, actually a little list. bit unclear as to. I guess it is run by FSF Europe, isn't it? Well, it's, they're it's they're, sort of... they're cagey about that, and, <laughs> and that's and that's that's a frustration for me too. But that's a side issue. Well, the the main do, thing is, is I that think that the mostly the the that group runs itself um, in well, a lot in, the, in a lot of ways. And I I've been I was subscribed to this, so that's the. Are you still there? No, um, no, I'm not. No. But I actually am thinking I should re- resubscribe. Because uh, it's, uh, well, maybe you can meet the criteria. I was told the criteria are secret. Well, I met the criteria before. <laughs> I guess. Um, the, well, they were secret. So maybe you don't meet them anymore. You won't know why. They're secret criteria. <laughs> I was told right, they're secret criteria, right. which I don't meet. Um, and I don't know why. I'm, I'm not, I'm not tall enough to ride that ride. Whatever it is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I guess this is basically the, the issue is that then it's the criteria is up to, 
um, you know, someone to decide and it's not an open discussion for everyone. Now, I think some of the reasons why these lists aren't just public and open is because especially legal lists where you have lawyers talking, um, there's some argument that, or people believe that lawyers will be less likely to be chatty about these issues if it's open to the public and reproducible, at which point they often invoke things like the Chatham House rules. Well, I, I'm totally against the Chatham House rules. I, and the main Well, let's reason, explain what the Chatham House rules are. If you can explain them, please do, because <laughs> Actually, I've, read, <laughs> I've read the Chatham House rules multiple times, and I think there's a lot of weirdness on the edges that... I mean, so you can say what they are just generally. Go ahead. Okay, well, I mean... You know, the, I, I want to say what most people interpret Chatham House rules to mean rather than what they actually mean. But, um, but Chatham House rules are basically saying that you won't, you won't, um, directly quote, um, anything in the session. You aren't, you aren't, um, broadcasting the things that are said in that forum. That's not actually what they say. They say you can broadcast things, but you cannot attribute. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is like what, I mean, what, what I'm saying is what people, what what people mean right when so they say that. so chatham I mean, house rules allow you to do things like you can you're allowed to say a, a lawyer for a large industrial computer maker right um you know with with more than n employees so you can narrow or, it down to ibm and or, hp or something yeah, like or that or a lawyer for a uh for a uh Free software related trade association. Right. Or a free software <laughs> 501c3, right? And narrow it down. A staff lawyer, right? right? Which, which narrows lawyer. it down to like four people yeah. for 501c3. Yeah. Free software related. There's like four people in the world who are that. And so it's, I think it's silly. And, it, and my main problem with Chatham House rules in the free software world is actually a different problem than, than this silliness. My main problem is that I interact with a lot of these. I was so I've been on lists with the, where actually the Floss Foundations list, which uh, you and I are both members of, which which has a pretty open membership policy. You can join basically. You just have to ask to join, and you can join. That's pretty much the rule. Um, they basically try to keep. Uh, basically, I think the only people who aren't allowed are um, are actual people who have no other affiliation with free software other than being a journalist. That's pretty because there was journalists who quoted messages mm-hmm. off. And the only rule is do not literally forward messages off this list to public fora. And so that's reasonable to me because you can say, I can say, you know, Simon Phipps said this on the Floss Foundations list, right? I'm allowed, and there's no rule against saying that. Um, and I just can't forward. Now for me, either. knowing that I'm talking to a large group of people, regardless of what the rules are, I'm always worried about, right. this is part of the reason why I'm not as active on lists as I, as mm-hmm. maybe I should be, is mm-hmm. that I can't, I always get really nervous. Mm-hmm. And it I mean, I see Floss Foundation as a public forum that's, that's well moderated. I mean, it's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and sometimes the, the threads get out of control like they do on any mailing list, but it doesn't happen that often. Um, and these other lists, I think that this problem is, so, so here's, here's the problem if i were to join this this ft what's it called free ftfe legal is mm-hmm. what the list is called this this uh this it was well, ostensibly european but there's lots of non-europeans on it so i don't really understand yeah uh, like there's brazilians on it and, uh, and plenty of uh, they're asia based yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's very weird anyway because uh, it was supposed to be ostensibly confined to europe which actually the, the one time i was told the reason was because i wasn't in europe but then i found out non-europeans were on and then they changed the criteria i was told that initially too i was refused initially but um okay. but i wound up being, I saw, I just faced being ultimately accepted. Noise. And then, but, but actually, so what I did want to say is that, so I did attend the, there was a, an event in Amsterdam that mm-hmm. happened. That's an invite only event. It's an invite only event. On and I did go to that once and it was great discussion. 
Like it really was an interesting forum, but it's not open to everybody. It happens behind closed doors, and yeah. and it's under know, these Chatham House rules, which I want to get to. The and point so of none it. of the talks would be recorded. You couldn't see them if you weren't there. And the problem with the Chatham House rules is that if you're talking to a lot of the same people about the same issues, then you can't remember whether or not you can quote them. <laughs> that's that's exactly right, and that's that's actually the the point I wanted to get to. That's because I interact so so. There's a huge overlap between, for example, Floss Foundations in this list, mm-hmm. um, and any any legal and policy discussion list. There would always be a huge overlap with, say, Floss Foundations and other fora where we're all talking to each other. And, and this is a really small community. It's amazingly small. The things that happened in the recent weeks that remind me just how incredibly small this is that there's like so few people in the end in this community. And so I'm talking to these people in all sorts of different ways and uh, in lots of public fora. And it's very difficult. I basically tell people that unless you swear me to secrecy about something that I'm not, I'm not going to... Don't assume I'm going to keep it a secret uh, yeah. because because I, unless you go through the trouble to say this thing I'm about to tell you, this one thing I really don't want you to tell anybody. Like I tell people, everybody I interact with, I tell them that. And so to have to be on sort of a list where things are flying by, emails, multiple emails well, a day and have to be like, did, did, I, did, did they say it on that list or did they say it in this other place? And now I have to go search my email archives to figure out if I can say that. And what if I screw up? I screw up. I've suddenly violated rules. And I take rules like that very seriously. Yeah. I don't want to be in violation of any license. <laughs> um, so, so I, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, and I've said this now publicly that, that even if I, at this point, I mean, I've been refused to join, like I've been denied membership in FTFE legal many, many times, uh, uh, over the last few years. And at this point, now that I've learned that the Chatham House rules are heavily enforced and required on that list, um, I, I pretty much would not be able to accept a membership because I couldn't agree to those rules anyway. Um, with that group of people. So I probably wouldn't be able to join anyway. So it's really tough. I mean, my personal view is that I don't, I mean, or my approach to these issues is that I need to be really careful about what I say in any of these forums anyway, or fora anyway, because if you say something to a room full of, you know, if there are 80 people there, or if you forward to a list and you don't even know, you know, who's on the list or what they're going to, you have to basically assume it's not like, a confidential discussion amongst right? three people. You have to basically assume that people will be talking about what you've said or it's going to get forwarded yeah, and, in some and, way, shape, or form. Now, I don't want to be responsible for doing that, and that's what makes it so frustrating about the Chatham House rules, as you say. But at the same time, you know, when I see others violating it and people getting very upset over it, at the end of the day, I'm sort of like, well, you know, in some ways, you should be careful what you say anywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think people in these Chatham House uh, discussion groups ought to assume it's public because... Um, I'm pretty much the Kaibo of these things because if I'm mentioned, I find out I was mentioned. Uh, somebody, somebody leaks it. Uh, that's a fact of the matter. Anytime I, something about me has come up, which they do often. Obviously, I'm working around this world a lot. Um, I, somebody leaks it to me somehow. So, I mean, that usually is the case for me. Or, which is not, I'm not violating well, by they, getting leaked to I don't know if they always tell me, people always tell me when I'm being discussed, but, well, I mean, once, but sometimes they do. I, I wouldn't, I, I hope, I hope that I'm not being discussed that much, that, 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 that I'm leaked stuff on a regular basis and, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> you like, you never know. It's like, if I, they have to be talking about me all the time, which <laughs> I, I'm not narcissistic enough to believe that they're constantly talking about me. Are they? <laughs> but, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I just think that, that for free software community, and I, I've, I've, I've criticized this publicly at talks uh, about, uh, about the, this, this forum. And actually, I, I read to a promotional talk about this forum and I talked publicly about this that I, I don't, I basically don't think it's in the spirit of free software 
to design groups like this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed feelings about it. Like, I think there are some things that if you, if you want to talk candidly about it, particularly legal issues, it's tough knowing that there's going to be an archive. So, you know, I understand that there are times, especially as a lawyer, I understand there are times when there are maybe issues you don't want to discuss. I mean, it just means that I would probably just not have a lot of those conversations. Yeah, or just um, have them. Actually, when I compare it to what the Linux Foundation does, I mean, I'm the Linux Foundation at least has a clear thing and what it is for, and it's for their members, and their members pay to be there, and... You know, it's 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 sort of akin to a to a, a social club of some sort that, that you have to join. You know, it's it's not as and and so they have rules or whatever. But I think I think something that puts itself out to be we are free software people and you can get access to this resource if you meet our criteria, which we won't tell you what they are. I just I think it's contradictory. Linux Foundation, I think at least I I'm, I'm not a fan of that of of any of this. But I think the Linux Foundation is straight up about what they have and what they're offering, well, whereas I don't so, think it's less straight up. So my point is really just that the FTF legal list has really, really good conversations, at least in, you know, in person at that meeting. Hmm. You know, and we don't really, there isn't really, well, that's my, my point. And so that's part of why this, you know, FOSDEM dev room is so cool. Yeah. Um, there have been arenas in the past where we've done similar things. I think the Floss Foundations meeting has been one of those areas, but it hasn't been as legally focused, nor has it gathered, you know, lawyers who, or, or people who have legal expertise who are going to be speaking specifically about issues. You don't get presentations and, um, in the same way, and then you don't have those presentations be reproducible, you know? So I, I think this is what's going to be, really cool about um, about the FOSDEM dev room. So I'm really excited yeah. about it. Yeah, I am too. And uh, my, my, my goal in this is try to really jumpstart real conversations about uh, about these issues in a forum that's that's basically free software friendly. And so it was the first try. We're going to um, – we've been watching the uh, proposals come in. I think mm. pretty much everybody's agreed to CC by SA on the way in. Yep. So we'll be able to record a lot of them. I'm going to bring the equipment. Um, and, and actually, it's, it's not very long, so I'll have room in my suitcase for the equipment, which is good. So I'll bring the recording equipment, and hopefully we'll record a lot of these talks and be able to That's great. We play should them also... as podcast, which, okay, so get ready, folks. In March and April, a lot of our shows are going to be talks. Just prepare yourselves now. Maybe, Those of maybe. Those who rather hear us, there will probably be a lot of talks March, April, but, and May. But there'll be talks from interesting people who have yes. really, you know, interesting, in-depth, you know, analysis of important issues. And, that, but, you know, and you're probably are, bored of listening to us. Who are these people that would rather hear us? That's what I don't understand. Like, I've heard that from a few people on Identica and other places, and I... I they, why do they want to hear us? I mean, you've just listened. You're now at the end of an podcast where you've heard us what, what sounds like when we just ramble on about a couple of topics. This is really what you want? Those three of <laughs> wait, our wait, listeners hang on, hang out on. there. Don't, don't discourage our listeners. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just said that to me uh, the other day, said or yesterday. Yeah. Um, referred to it as a ridiculous podcast with about three listeners. Yeah, you told me, and that is uh, yeah. 
So that's pretty much the most I cor- ne- the I worst correct- negative I corrected him with the, some of the stats, which are old, but... Well, um, we can't, on the other hand, we can't prove. It, theoretically, I mean, we, we, we have a couple <laughs> of thousand unique IPs that download each audio file. But for all we know, that's like um, like like our, the four listeners who hang out on IRC, they may go around and use multiple IP numbers to download But we show. do get responses once in a while on different things that we've said. And, you know, I know, for example... Adam Dingle at Yorba said he got some good feedback on the yeah. um, on the the episode that I interviewed him. So. On the other hand, we we promoted that one in a lot of different places. That's true. I, I posted that to Floss Foundation and stuff, so so cool. we sort of pushed that one out a little bit further than we usually push. I, I, yeah, it was great to talk to him about that. Yeah, well, I think it was a really oh, important episode. So. I just wanted to well before we like completely leave the the discussion on these legal foras for for conversation, uh, I did want to mention Open Bar. Well, yeah, I, and actually, I'm on Open Bar, um, but it's defunct. I'm also, or I was on Open Bar. It's defunct. That's, it, nobody's posting to it anymore. I presume you could write a message to it and it's still there. I, I wonder if it's still even alive. But it might be worth, you know, resuscitating it. Yeah, there's been some talk about that. Um, it's actually hard to find now. Because find the term Open Bar is uh, yeah. means something else. It, it does ha- mean what a lot of people have in mind concerning New Year's. Yeah, it's true. Good point. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to find the mailing list. It's not helping. Um, I'd have to look. I'm still, I'm pretty sure I'm still subscribed. I think it's just defunct. Um, I had some, some, maybe this is why I'm not welcome on FTFE Legal because I, one lawyer posted once saying that, um, that clearly binaries were, were not derivative of sources because compilation, the word compilation is used in the copyright statute. And since you compile, you do a process of compilation to turn source into binaries, they must be a compilation under copyright law just because the words were the same. I remember. I don't know whether this dude was trolling or was serious, but I bet he was serious. I took it serious and I responded. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty, uh, I was like this, uh, maybe I was too, this is asinine in my response, but it kind of was asinine. I thought it was a little harsh, as I recall. But my response? Yeah. Probably. I'm, I'm known for being... I'm not, I, I think I said in a recent email, actually, in our, in our discussion among our, um, our, uh, our uh, coordinators uh, for the, the dev room, I believe I wrote a one-line email that said, I'm not known for my tact, <laughs> which is very true. I am not known for my tact. You could just write emails like me and add a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, although... <laughs> I don't know if I want to tell the story of the first email I got from you on the air. Should I tell that? that, that uh, it's yeah, fun. you can. You completely misunderstood what I was saying. I know I did because the, it was because of the exclamation points, though. You were way over the top of it. You're, I'm shaking my head. You're way over top of the exclamation points, though. Sometimes. I'm enthusiastic. But that's the thing is if nobody, if somebody hasn't met you in person, they don't realize that. I think now I don't read them that way because I know you in person. But somebody, that's the thing. That's why email is But hard. I never used any emoticons then. Only now do I use them. I, I use those I know. excessively. Um, but uh, so this is the, actually, uh, let's do a quick rant here. Email is horrible. Email is the worst form of communication ever invented for a lot of reasons. Seconded. And the problem is <laughs> that there's this belief that it's easier to do conversations by email. And that's absolutely false. Mm-hmm. And way too many conversations of free software happen via email. And I think publicly archived things of other forms like IRC meetings or video chats. We can start publicly archiving video chats. I mean, the main value in email is the discussions publicly archived, but and which is good for transparency. But the problem is, is people communicate very poorly with each other in email. 
and misunderstand each other and misconstrue. And I, I've made my life's work in part to try and communicate better in email because obviously in the free software world, I'm doing so much by email. And I've actually focused on that issue for years. Well, this and I'm is still why, horrible at it. This I'm is why frankly. I use emoticons now. It took me years to be break down. I thought I really hated, I really hated them and refused to use them for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I started using them and, uh, I told somebody else that I was, um, I told Eben Moglen that I was gonna, I was trying to cut back on my emoticons and he said, um, he said, the day you lose your exclamation point will be an interesting one. <laughs> is to him, the exclamation point is another, is basically effectively does this, I mean, it does the same job. Anyway. Well, the problem with the exclamation point is, is, is it's you're either shouting or you're excited and it's hard to tell which. I don't know. Well, you're not really shouting unless you've got all caps. This is, yeah, that's true. But it's, this is all broken. This, the, the, we have to anyway, stop communicating all the time. To go back to, um, to FOSTAM, I'm really, really excited about the, um, the cross, uh, desktop dev room too. I think it's really, I think the more areas we can have discussion on cross desktop issues, the better it's going to be. I'm so. Yeah. I'm, I haven't I'm looked really at, really frankly, excited. I haven't looked at any of the other FOSDEM program. And it's probably the case that there are other conservancy projects there that I'm going to have to meet with. But if you're a conservancy project and you're a FOSDEM, plan to meet with me and talk to me on <laughs> Sunday because I really do want to take this seriously because, um, mainly for Tom because Tom's been carrying so much of the weight of coordinating. Yeah, this he has. And, and so he's been I, great. I, so I, I, uh, I, I don't want to leave him at, because uh, he's got two to coordinate on site. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the job room's the same day though. But anyway, he's, He's going to be busier on site than we are. But there so. are four of us, no, so we should be able to... I'll just, well, I'm already planning that I'll just be in that dev room all day. Okay, and, good. And just miss, I'll miss a lot of stuff, but that's okay. I'm hoping to moderate a panel. So, oh, in the, in the other <laughs> dev room, in the desktop dev room? No, in, in our dev room. Oh, okay. Oh, well, we haven't decided yet, so that'll be announced <laughs> soon. And, uh, so I hope folks have enjoyed our, our conversation. I, 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 uh... I hope you had a great New Year's celebration. Yeah. If you were so inclined. Okay. See you next time. You're not going to see us. Freeze and Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of HalfBakedMedia.com. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. Free as in Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States license. Please send any feedback to Ogcast, O-G-G-C-A-S-T, at F-A-I-F and subscribe to the RSS feed on F-A-I-F.us. <laughs>